0: Do you see any similarities between songwriting and coding in a web3 context?
1: Well, I mean the first thing that comes to my mind is like, you know, music has to have like some fundamentals to it, right? So you've got to have, you know, what what key are you in, what 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 chord progressions are you using, what mode are you going to have? And once you have once you have those things down, then you can move on to other more expressive things within your music just just like the blockchain too like they're, they're exactly what you're saying like you got to be sure you know how to store your private keys you got to make sure you've got backup plans you got to make sure that when you're engaging with with wallets that you have to realize like these are very sacred things and and you have to understand how they interact you're tuned to the
0: Cast, where we talk about the blockchain on the rcast and how your data remains. It's the R-cast. Well, R-Drive is the topic. Censorship-resistant permanence. Yeah, we got it. And you know what else we got? An amazing interview with Cowboy Coder, where he talks about his new record, some upcoming projects, and the connections between blockchain and the music industry. Great interview. I really enjoyed uh, talking to my man. Sean Flynn, a.k.a. Cowboy Coder. Full disclosure, I worked with him on his new record, but he's been helping us with a lot of our tutorial videos you may have seen where he's explaining how to use the CLI, to tag metadata, to create manifests, all that flavor. So it's an exciting week over here at the R-Drive, RIO world because we just dropped, that's right, The R Drive mobile app for iOS. It's coming soon for Android, so be sure to check it out. Anthony has a really cool video about how you can get your wallet on your phone, start permanently archiving things. Like, let's say there was an Rcast you wanted to archive. Well, hey, good thing there's an app you can save the MP3 with. I don't know. This week's episode is brought to you by Adentes Records. Those are our friends who put out some really creative, exciting blockchain themed music so let's get into it this is my interview with cowboy coder about his new record code rage we're going to end the interview with a um, clip from his record the song code rage taking us out to the final part of the show thanks for tuning in here we go let's kick it off with cowboy coder All right, friends, welcome to an exciting episode of the Rcast. This week, we have a man who you've seen all up on the R-Drive socials talking about the CLI. You may have heard his music. You may have seen the video for Code Rage. He's been an interesting new addition to the R-Weave community as of recently. Uh, please put it together for Cowboy Coder.
1: Ooh. Yeah, thanks for having me here. It's always great working with the R-Drive team. You guys are fantastic. Decentralizing the storage for the web fantastic stuff,
0: man. Well, on behalf of the engineers, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) We met because one of my good friends from college is your girlfriend. Yeah. And you met in Texas a few years ago. How long have you two been together? Six years?
1: Yeah. Back in uh, 2016. Yeah. We started dating. You
0: know what's funny, dude? It's like once you get out of college, Drake has that song, No New Friends, right? It's like Uh your social (laughs) circle doesn't grow. But people who are like tangential to like your core friends, you automatically- have a kinship with.
1: And that's what's really cool. I always loved, always loved going on the Stanford campus. I always felt a connection to it. And I never knew why, other than the fact that it's like the most beautiful place on earth. But <laughs> but yeah, I always felt a deep connection to the Stanford campus and the school. And it's cool that um, we have that shared connection together.
0: You moved to Puerto Rico right in the middle of the pandemic,
1: I think. You know, we were in Texas and there was a huge, massive snowpocalypse that happened during that time and we were out without power with that, you know, we were freezing and we were thinking of like cool places to move. And like, like we got to move someplace warm. I want to go check out Puerto Rico. And that's kind of how, and then when I came down here, I fell in love with it and I was like, Oh man, it's paradise. So had you been there before? Uh, I had been there years and years ago when I worked at a company called Surgeant, they had a company event down here and I, I loved it then too. Just anything, any place in the Caribbean is really like just amazing but um yeah i don't i've been here once before but i wanted to come down and like have that lens of could i see myself living here and then when i came down and i i like i went all over the island i went san juan to the east coast to west coast south everything rincon i, mm-hmm. I went all over the island and it was like where, where i settled in was like over on the eastern side of the island across from viecas and uh Just fell in love with it because I can actually see Vieques from where I'm at. It's kind of cool. But I might be doxing myself, so I better watch it.
0: (laughs) Puerto Rico has a strong blockchain community, doesn't it?
1: They, Yeah, they do, actually. There's there's quite a few projects down here. In fact, the community that I'm involved with, there's a whole crypto community, if you will, uh, that's interested in uh, not only... The crypto space as an investment, but the development of blockchain technology and and how you can utilize different aspects of blockchain. So there is a big NFT community down here too, which is kind of interesting. I haven't really got into that because it's kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird genre of blockchain. But uh, but yeah, Puerto Rico has amazing uh, connections down here. There's all kinds of companies that come down here. Brock Pierce is a prevalent figure down here. <laughs> he just, he purchased uh, the old W Hotel in Vieques.
0: You studied uh, engineering or computer science? What was your major?
1: Yeah, that's that's, that's interesting. Uh, I did my graduate work all in, uh, it was in the business school under information systems. And so like that kind of got me into the IT space. I was more heavily into the sciences before then, but my foray into IT was was through graduate work, and then in consulting, I, I went into consulting right out of university af- after I got my graduate degree, and I consulted for uh, a big uh, big five consulting firm, and then I moved to Austin to into the small startup community, a uh, small company called Vignette at the time. Uh, and that was that was amazing and that's not, that's actually on the album the B01 song is all about those crazy times the dot com boom and bust and so i was in i was in the in the in the heat of all of that stuff a lot of excitement during that time i mean everyone thought you know every software company was going to like triple in value in in <laughs> 6 months and everything so it was kind of crazy but it was good times
0: yeah that song B01 yeah it's about what they wanted to have a, be worth a billion dollars before 2001,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Your whole record is full of these stories where it's like your, your background in the tech world, moving to the Web3 space, and then becoming a full-time artist where you make music yes. and you came to the UK with me. We played those festivals. Oh, like yeah. You've used your background in coding, engineering, in the tech world, to do something artistic. And it's interesting how yeah. the tool that our weave and R drive provides is the ability to like permanently document this story.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's what I love about where I'm at right now, because I get to blend all these different pieces of my background together into something that I feel like unifies everything. It's kind of like what you were talking about with like college, how like you have like, what, what, whatever you have in college goes with you the rest of your life, right? And is this really kind of true of everything that you, that you do a deep endeavor on, right? So like when you get into a career like IT, that will probably always be a part of me in some way. But it's cool to, to, to leverage that background into music. And then also to like leverage it with things like R-Drive and allow that to basically leverage blockchain and web 3 with music and technology and it's just kind of a fun it's a fun space to be in right now. And so I, I love that's what I love about doing artistic things is that you can you can take those pieces that are part of you and elevate them into something that maybe you haven't explored before or combine things that maybe don't seem like they might fit at first but when you when you bring them together, it like you can create something really unique that the rest of the world, you know, hasn't ever seen before. And so that's that's like the fun stuff that I feel like I'm doing right now.
0: Right before the pandemic, I played that show in Austin with Shave for the Dark Lord. Um yeah. and we hung out and we were talking about what it would be like to produce a record. So we started working on this album remotely during the pandemic. Yeah. What was really interesting was like, we were always we were sending files back and forth. Like we'd be writing lyric ideas down or I'd be on GarageBand on my phone, like giving you like, hey, why don't you try this chord progression? And you're like, oh, what about this mode, these keys? And it yeah. struck me that like, we had this whole uh, history of how we made the record that was documented on web two. And now thinking about the new R drive mobile app, how dope it would be if we'd been able to just like send Waves back and forth permanently through the mobile app because we use our drive to help archive like logic files and everything. But like to do it on mobile would have been so dope.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm super excited to see that whole to see that come out and be able to collaborate in that way. Yeah, it's going to be like a lot of fun to use something like that because you're right. Like that's what we were constantly doing, sending emails and texts back and forth. Hey, check this out. Here's a new demo drop but it would be so cool if you could just be like it's it's up on the it's up on the app and you can get notified right on the app or you can you know just right on your phone be able to integrate like some of the ideas that we were sharing back and forth that would be really cool and that's and that is the cool thing about art drive i love i love storing all of our all of the stuff that we've produced on there because like you never know what's going to happen you would you would cry right if you like oh man i lost all my stems because my computer crashed or something right like it's great it's great to have something that's permanently there you know it's always going to be available no matter what happens
0: we had what was it one of the songs we had the violin sounds that we'd printed we couldn't find oh, yeah. the wave file and i and i was thinking if we if we <laughs> if we'd use our drive for this this was pre drive, like it would have right. been tight so yeah
1: yeah completely
0: but the record turned out really really well and um is really fun to work on. It's really fun to work on the promotional element of it with you. You did the Code Rage yeah. video with our friend Max. And uh, yeah. that, let's talk about that really quickly. And let's talk about what Code Rage is and what that song means to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So so yeah, Code Rage is the impetus of the, you know, it's the name of the album, but it represents to me kind of like this tension that we have with technology and how it can be so frustrating at times. And as a developer, a lot of times you'll, when you're interacting with other people's code, it's like, can just be like really frustrating and maddening, like some of the things that can happen. So that song at that level is, a, is pretty much talking about like a developer just getting frustrated with, with coding. But I hope that other, that other people can connect with it in the terms of like, it's really about technology and our constant kind of struggle with like, is technology working for us or against us, you know? And that was one of the cool things about the video that I thought was real, that Max brought to the table, right? Because originally we wanted to kind of go into a rage room and kind of like smash some stuff up. But he he brought up the really cool idea of like, let's do this in nature so that we have this beautiful contrast of like technology against the backdrop of nature. I think it worked out great in the video because you you totally get this sense of like, yeah, nature is here kind of like watching over everything and kind of watching it play out. But it's there to kind of like remind us that there's a space you can go to even in the midst of your rage. (laughs) Mm.
0: And and I think that narratively, there's the pun of you're driving to get to the beach where you smash your computer. So it's like road rage. Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly, exactly. I loved that. Yeah, that we put that in there too.
0: Another song that you dropped is the uh, C++ remix of Cowboy Coding. Yeah. Um, and Cowboy Coding, that's another theme throughout the record. It's in your artist right. name being a cowboy coder. How does that apply to you as an artist, both in terms of like your technical background and maybe the fungibility of genre on your record?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. That's, that's a great question because cow- Cowboy Coding has like this kind of stigma around it. But what I love is like uh, the whole IT world is starting to kind of embrace it with agile methodologies and those types of things. And basically it's just the notion of like being able to go outside the bounds of that, which is constraining you and adding value and innovation into the world. And so like that that to me, like it's, it's very representative of the art that I'm doing as well, because like it's very unconventional. It's very, you know, kind of unique in that sense that not many people are writing songs about, you know, uh cowboy coding, right? <laughs> and and cowboy coding is basically just doing what it takes to to add value to a project and to to basically get things done, you know? And and I wanted to kind of encapsulate that because that's it was something that I, that I always had like in in my past when I worked when I actually when I was at yet it's a funny story how that name all came about because we were working with a company out in San Francisco called San, called Epicentric, and we were trying to merge a lot of things into the vignette suite of prod, products. And it was funny because like they were very academic and very theoretical, and they wanted everything to, to work in a specific way, but nobody could really get it to work. So... We finally were able to integrate with them, and they would always call us, "Oh, you Texas cowboy coders down there! You always get things to work." <laughs> and so, like that, and that's kind of like what I—that's kind of like what I like encapsulating with this, this whole persona of of cowboy coder is like, yeah, we we're, we're able to create value when 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 the academics and theorists can't get things to practically work. A cowboy coder comes in and fixes things, right?
0: <laughs> it's like it's like the archetype of the Western Indiana Jones character yeah. who comes in and kind of does things in their own, by their own rules, um, correct? And I think it ties into kind of your. Correct me if I'm wrong, but your aesthetic because like you're not stuck to one genre. Yes. You chose to do this album independently and market yes. it yourself, so it's like you're not stuck to a label telling you how you should make music. Yeah. And you're, Using a bunch of different platforms. So, like, how does your background as a coder influence your career as a musician? Then,
1: oh, that's a great question. Yeah, because I have done, I've done coding in many different languages. Uh, you know, used every kind of probably operating system you could think of, and I love that. I love learning new things. I love experiencing new things. And musically, that's that's where I feel like I'm grounded in a sense of like, what is my genre? My genre is that I don't have a genre, (laughs) Like that I'm eclectic, that I want to explore all genres, because I appreciate the value that they can bring to us when we interact with them. It's like, that was the one thing I really, I really loved working with you, because uh, I never really was exposed that much to hip hop. Uh, It just wasn't, like, part of the scene of of what I was doing musically, you know, back when I was in a cover band, and, back, you know, years ago. And it was great to get to, ex- to, it, to, get to experience that expression of hip hop and realize that it's accessible to everyone, right? Like, it's this universal thing that people can use to help bring out a musical quality. Because really, that's how, like when I wrote my first song, that Cryptos Go Pop, I, I was a little intimidated because I was like, I don't, I've never done original. I always struggled with trying to write them And you were able to to show me about, like, the beat and the lyrics need to go together. And once you can get that down, like, the rest will, like, flow naturally. And it was so true. It was like a light moment, you know, like, yeah, this is cool. I can do this, you know. And that's what I love about hip hop. It It makes you feel empowered. Like, yes, I can do this, you know. That's that's what hip hop means to me.
0: In a way there's the ethos of decentralization, right? Because yeah. it's about telling your own story, it's about the culture existing with or without the record labels. You know, it's obviously hip hop has a different social context that comes from like a lot of the um stratification of the social dynamics, especially in New York in the 70s and like
2: yeah. the tools
0: that people had access to. But I do think there are similarities between blockchain and indie music in that, yeah, peer to peer. The only music that sticks around is if people talk about it and care enough about it. If you have a label that like forces a hit on someone, it only works if the song and the artists are original and have the staying power right. to stick around. So there's some similarities there that while we were learning about music, you really taught me most, most of what I know initially about blockchain and That's how cool. dope it is. What was your first exposure to blockchain? And um, maybe uh, we could talk a little bit about some of the themes about it on your record.
1: Yeah, wow. Um, so yeah, the Cryptos Go Pop was actually my first musical venture into uh, blockchain type of music. Um, but I got involved in blockchain, um, you know, it was right, it was probably like early 2000. No, no, it was later 2017. Because it was like kind of when everything was kind of the first big bubble that happened with Bitcoin. But even after the bust of 2017, 2018, I was fascinated with the technology for the potential it holds for humanity. I feel like it's like, this is the next great evolution for humanity. I know that might sound cliche or dramatic, but I think it has the power to to give people like economic identity that don't have it now i ha I feel like it's something where like we can exchange value with each other without any third party involved and to me like that's so powerful the first time I did a Bitcoin transaction with someone, like the light bulb went on I was like wow i don't there, you don't you don't need an account you don't need you don't need it to go through like a bunch of clearing houses you don't need it to pass through the banking system, but you can exchange this value across the world almost instantly. And like, that's, that's like revolutionary in the sense of, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you can, you can exchange value with someone across the world without any intermediaries. And that's just really, really cool. And it's cool to see like, blockchain itself is evolving too. So like then Ethereum came along and now you've got smart contracts where you can put rules and assignments around it. And, and then you've also got amazing products like our drive and our weave that are decentralizing data and, and, and storing it across the globe. So that it's accessible for everyone forever, essentially. And those concepts are like so amazing because they're, they're laying, they're, they're bringing forth a protocol that will create new institutions, new forms of organization of humanity and people and how they interact. And that to me is like, just, it's so cool to see this come about. And I hope that it lives up to its potential and that we don't get all swept up with a lot of some of the negative stuff that comes out of the crypto space, but that we can all embrace like, this new paradigm of like interacting with each other and 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 getting into positions where we can like be a part of a community where we're all kind of inter intertwined with each other in a in a decentralized way and that's and that's the cool thing about data storage that's decentralized because it's like i have the own i have an element of owning my own data but it's also ownerless in the sense that it's distributed throughout the world, so there, there's there's really like the the organization the protocol itself kind of dictates how things are going to operate, and you can influence that when when you have like decentralized autonomous organizations and, stuff.
0: and now now you can have the power in the mobile phone to do it anywhere you're at like like the barrier to entry is so much yeah. smoother, which makes it so artists creative yeah. people anyone who who believes in the power of data can participate so it's like The road to adoption is interesting with any sort of blockchain because there are technical things like I learned from you about like having ownership of your keys, being wary of exchanges, like tax implications, like how to be smart, how to double check your addresses and everything. And so I guess the question I have for you, Sean, is Uh do you see any similarities between songwriting and coding in a Web3 context?
1: Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is like, you know, music has to have like some fundamentals to it, right? So you've got to have, you know, what, what key are you in? What, what, what chord progressions are you using? What mode are you going to have? And once you have, th- once you have those things down, then you can move on to other more expressive things within your music. Just, just like the blockchain too, like exactly what you're saying. Like you got to be sure you know how to store your private keys. You got to make sure you've got backup plans. You got to make sure that when you're engaging with with wallets, that you have to realize like these are very sacred things, and and you have to understand how they interact, and 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 how you have to guard yourself in some ways. Just like if you're writing music, you don't want to like say that you're a jazz musician and have no concept of music theory at all, right? So like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if it's just a bunch of random notes, it's not really jazz, right? But if you have a musical background that allows you to understand the theory of music, you can become an amazing jazz musician, right? That can create all kinds of uh, really unique sounds and rhythms and, and melodies that, other genres wouldn't be able to. So I see that as kind of like blockchain is kind of similar. Like like they all kind of use like wallets and consensus protocols and stuff like that, but they all have unique value that they add to the world. So like Arweave is the decentralized storage of the blockchain. And that's something that's like really unique and powerful that I think Every blockchain at some level is going to need that. They're going to want to archive their blockchain. They're going to want to ar- archive things that they've done in the past that, no- that can bog down their systems, but still need to be accessible and auditable so that people can still rely on the public ledger.
0: Your album has a song about two songs about patience that I wanted to talk about real quickly. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Infinite Time. And, yeah. and product management, because it, it's a duet you did with Ash Tellum and it kind of sounds yeah. like a duet between a man and a woman, but it has a kind of a depth to it. So what's the story behind that song?
1: Yeah, Th- thanks for asking that, because that's a, that's a great song that explores the concept of the constant dance between uh, managing a project and the developer's time. And a lot of times the project managers think that the developers have infinite time and the developers want to have infinite time, but of course we know they don't have infinite time. (laughs) And so like, it's this constant like uh, battle between the two opposing forces of we have to ship a product or we have to get something done. Uh, We don't have all the time in the world to... Get everything perfect, so we have to do the best we can to like to ship things. And so like that, that song is all about like that constant dance between like, can you find a project where you can deliver everything on time and it's perfect, and you could do that if you had infinite time? But there's, there's, no, there's no real thing as infinite time in, in our reality. As we exist today, so so it's really like kind of touching on on that whole notion of like how do you get the most done with the time that you, that's available to you, and and it is like this this constant dance between like because developers by nature are typically pretty optimistic about how fast they think they can get things done, and of course we know like something always comes up technically that presents a challenge uh, that sets. The schedule back, and so in that song, it kind of talks about like when you when you're flying out into infinity. It may not be a lie, but it's in the vicinity. And that whole that whole hook or that line is all about that notion of like developers want to do it. They want to like produce things a, and as quickly and po- as possibly as they can, but they'll they can only do it if they had infinite time. <laughs> so that's kind of that's kind of the play on words there
0: being a project developer and managing engineers it's not too different than like managing an album product would you agree
1: yeah yeah i yeah i would absolutely agree and that's a that's a great tie-in to those two things because it's it's very very similar uh music has you're right music has to have some form of structure around it and but but here's the like the dichotomy about all of it is like the the creative process is also something that's like can take longer than you think it might take. Um but if you don't push yourself to to produce something, like you're saying, you may never produce it. You may it may take you years to get a song out if you're not, you know, pushing yourself to the to the creative limits of what you can do. And that's what I that's what I loved about our about the musical collaboration like what we did, because I I feel like a lot of the demos I would give you would be pretty rough in some sense. And you like would elevate them to the next level. And then I could like add on to that. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I did one level, you brought it to another level. Then I brought it to the next level. We polished it, polished it, polished it. And then like, like when Richard came in and did some of the, some of the live, um, instruments that are on the album, uh, I just I love I love that aspect of it. In fact, that's what I was um I was really impressed with with Ben from Absolute Bedlam podcast. He noticed all of those things cuz he's he's a musician as well, he's a bass player and he noticed right away that there were there were live bass tracks on the album. He was like that's impressive in this day and age when you can just you know, electronically create a baseline, no problem. Yeah,
0: or the live <laughs> drums, right? No one no one really has room to set up a drum kit. And yeah. me, Richard added yeah. the live drums, which was really cool.
1: Yeah, it adds so much depth to all of the songs. Uh, that's what I love about Code Rage, because it's got that great baseline in it that's done live. And the drum, I mean, he did a fantastic job on all of the musical components of the mixing.
0: Shout out to uh, Rich Matthew. We recorded the final v- sessions in Brooklyn, but it was truly a decentralized record because, like, I, we recorded part of it in Texas, part of it in Puerto Rico, part of it in New York, part <laughs> yeah. of it in Pennsylvania, you know? And Richard mixed yeah. it outside of DC. And, like, there's a, there's a,
1: yeah, it's a great, it's, way. yeah, it's
0: like decentralized in yeah. that we didn't need a central studio. Right, we allowed the songs to come to us too. We'd have schedules, but sometimes, like we'd make final changes. Like we made some skits on in the studio last minute. We changed stuff around. One of your songs kind of addresses this approach, Dreamscapes. So let's talk about that song yeah. and like the sample rate.
1: That song is near and dear to me because it's like the uh, the philosophical apex of the whole album, and and that is that is resolving the the tension of code rage. And that's what I love about this album is that, uh, and that's something you, you kind of taught me a lot about storytelling about how to build tension and and then res- the resolution of that tension. And that's what dreamscapes is really the resolution of the tension. And it's about going into a state where you can find solutions to like really difficult, challenging problems. And and that song was like so much fun to write because it it touches on a genre that's that I really love, which is what a lot of people call dubstep or chill step um it's It's this really nice like get into like a nice relaxed state and then of course, on um one of the things we played around with, which I think is what you're alluding to on the the sample rate, was we tuned it to uh four thirty two which is which is a different tuning. Um, So if anyone's out there and is familiar with the concept of this whole, like there's standard tuning of the C note, middle C, which is typically done in 440. And when you step it down to 432, it entrains your mind to be in a different state. So there's a lot of thought behind this song. It's a really subtle thing to pick up on, but there's a lot of, um, Philosophical and really kind of spiritual aspects of using 432. There was a great debate about this frequency um, back in the in the I don't know if you would I, I don't know if you would say Middle Ages but back in the the time of the great classical writers so like Bach and Beethoven um, a lot of them liked to tune to 432 because they thought it gave their compositions, uh, an added emphasis that people could connect with. And I forget, I forget all the historical details, but ultimately they ended up on the 440 standard and that's kind of what everybody uses um, in this day and age. But it's cool to go back and do, do some songs in 432 because they have a different quality.
0: Code Rage is going to be available on all platforms mid-October. It comes out the 14th the record came out really, really well. And then, and you're working on two other projects, one of which was inspired yeah. by a cover you did, right? A single you dropped. Right. So talk a little bit about that real quick. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so we have a single out there right now called Kerncraft 400, which is kind of, it's a fascinating song because it's got this great story behind it. And it kind of talks about like how things can kind of take on a life of their own. So like there was back in the day, there was this Commodore 64 video game called Lazy Jones. And the whole point of that game was to like evade your boss. And and he's going into these rooms and playing other video games. So there's several, so there's layers to it, which also is kind of a cool concept. A metaverse, and,
0: if you will, right?
1: A metaverse, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, exactly. OG of the metaverse. <laughs> and he goes into, um, uh, a video game called Stardust, and Stardust is the melody on Kerncraft four hundred. And the really cool thing about that is, like, uh, I think you, I think you might have sent me this documentary on it. But the producers of it, it kind of like there were some different mixes that got released, and one of them made their way out of Italy to Berlin, and it, and that was the, and they were like, they didn't really like that mix of it, but they were like, oh, it's just some small, you know. A producer out of berlin it won't go anywhere but then, like this major company came in and bought that recording studio and then now they own the rights to it and they distributed it worldwide and it took on this life of its own and so that that version became the version that everybody knows and everybody does in the stadiums and they do the chants and stuff so we did a remix of that which is really really cool i love um how we go right into the crux of The power of that song and it starts off with that and it it, because that's really what grabs your attention in that song and so that's really cool and so i so what's coming down the the pipe beyond that is like taking some of these other video games and this great musical composition in these old video games and we're remixing them uh, with an edm style genre and trying to like kind of relive some of that magic of that song. Well, so. I think of
0: it, it's like Plato's idea of the perfect forms, right? Like Plato, yeah. the allegory of the cave. We That melody, that version of Kerncraft 400 with the singing is, isn't on Spotify. There's versions on YouTube. We were like, oh, well, let's get the license. Let's do a cover and let's make this right. available because it's like something that didn't exist and now even though spotify is you know it's web 2 or whatever it's gotten it's gotten it's your most played song on spotify because people are like oh look it's it's this version with the vocals so it's like reverse engineering going back and being like oh what's missing from this there's one song we worked on where you then went and added vocal samples computer vocals over it that reinforced the theme so it's like what is the most most Clear representation of these of these computer songs and how to produce them in a new yeah. context, the video game songs. So it's a really cool project. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm fun. super
1: excited about it. That's right. Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> and then we're working we're working on some songs about um, maybe some extraterrestrial experiences. A story. Yes. It's like a, it's like a theme record. Uh, we could probably tease a little bit about that. What's that story about?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. So, so yeah, I've always been fascinated by kind of the the ufo phenomenon if you will and so um this new album coming out it's it's kind of touches on uh skinwalker ranch which is uh, a very prominent uh place within the the mythology of of ufo lore and so we're we're gonna write we're gonna have a a whole it's kind of a, a concept album that goes along and just and kind of describes what's going on at the ranch and and, so, and and how somebody who's involved with the ranch from a young age comes back and is going to uncover the mysteries of the ranch, of Skinwalker Ranch. And so it's really exciting because it is a very mysterious place. There's a lot of lore around it. There's a lot of strange things that happen. And and one thing I love about this whole concept is i'm really big into evolution too i love how things evolve and i feel like this is like the ultimate evolution of humanity is to go beyond the stars or to connect with things beyond the stars and so this whole album is kind of like a metaphor for that concept of like evolving to your highest level Hmm. so yeah
0: and whether you believe in a higher power or not this world and this universe are both very mysterious and pretty miraculous. And it's like having the technology to, um, document our experiences is dope. Having the ability to store it forever and conveniently in the, like from your phone. And like, we talked about some of the records we talked about the new album coming out, but, um, yeah, anything you, anything else that we didn't touch on?
1: Yeah. I think, I think we covered most of the things that, um, are kind of on the immediate horizon uh looking out like two years three years i'm hoping that this musical journey just continues i hope uh the audience that uh comes to enjoy this music really connects with a lot of the the layers to these songs that's what i I, that's what i love about like uh you know any kind of great art in my opinion has like so many layers to it so like if you look at something like harry potter it's like it could just be somebody's you know magical fantasy world but when you look at when you look deeper there's so many layers to it and that's what i love about like code rage there's so many really there's a lot of depth in the album in terms of the intention behind it the level of thought that was put into uh the structure of it And I hope people can appreciate that. I hope people can connect with it. And I hope there's an audience that really embraces it and will encourage me to create, to keep creating these types of things because it's so much fun to do. And it would be a dream come true to, like, have that be my primary focus in life to create stuff that people can enjoy. That's, like... So that's a blessing.
0: Where can people follow you online? And like, where? like, yeah, what's your Twitter and stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I'm on Twitter at cowboy coder TX. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. Cowboy coder TX as well on there. I'm also on SoundCloud, uh, Spotify. And I guess uh, when, well, I guess, all distro kid like pushes it out to everything so all the streaming platforms you can imagine pandora apple all of those types of things um and those are those are the main places you can find me i've also got a youtube channel i always forget i always forget that but i've got the video out there right now so go check it out uh it's a fun video and i hope you can connect with it and and resolve your Code rage angst.
0: <laughs> well, just like Cowboy Coder is destroying the barriers between genres, check out his video and watch him smash some old um, yeah old computer monitors on the beach. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> Thank you for all you do to help uh, educate the R Drive community and. Thank you for yeah. being on the Rcast. I think this is a really great episode, Cowboy Coder. We appreciate yes.
1: it. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's great uh, being involved with the Rweave community. I love everybody I've interacted with. It's, you guys really have a great welcoming community here, and I hope more people get involved because it's a great, it's great technology to use. And thanks for having me on.
0: Just like you've been taking down them steers at the Rodeo, know before you lasso with R-Drive Mobile.
1: No, before you lasso. Yeah.
2: (laughs) What? Oh, my God. How can someone write code like this? No documented options? I think I'm going to lose my mind. This code doesn't really make any sense. It's like a novel from the future written in the past tense. It loops and loops until the end of time. It's even got a tab at the end of every line. Looking at this code really hurts my head Looking at this code really makes me see red When it comes to sloppy code, you can count on ten Somebody hit the kill switch, cause it's code
1: That's something that pisses me off,
0: for sure. You know what doesn't piss us off? Wonderful interviews on the Rcast, like that last one. Thank you, Sean. Great talking to you. Be sure to check back in two weeks with more exciting discussions about blockchain, Web3, culture, where we're going, data permanence, and all that stuff. Be sure to check out Inferno. We are still offering R-Drive tokens for you to upload all of that exciting data. So stay up on that. Check out the mobile app. Shout out to our awesome engineers and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. I'm Andrew and this has been the RCAS. Know before you lasso.